All right, y'all, welcome back to another epic, epic, epic episode of Lemon and Lime. I'm Kizzer, and I am with... You already know it's it's me, Andres. Better known as AGG Nerds. Andres. Andres. What? Yeah. Andres. Me. me the, the best ugliest one. way you've ever said your name. Oh, bro, you know these people can't say my name normally. All right, you, know how, all right. you, you know how many times I'm always introducing myself. I'm like, oh, my name is Andres. And they're like, what? They just look at me, stone-faced. What did you say? Like, I called them some weird name. And they're like, oh, yeah. like, Andres? How do you... You remember... What? That's not so ethnic. How do you say that? And I'm like... You remember uh, Mr. Peck? Yeah. From high school? He said yeah, I was like... Teachers. Yeah, he said I was, uh, I was really whitewashed. Because every time like I said my last name or... Or like I said, where I'm from, I was I was like Pakistan. I would say Kizer Anwar. So wait, how are you supposed to say it? My actual name? Yeah, your actual like say your name. name. Yeah, say it if you're saying it so, in Punjabi or Urdu. I mean, my first name is the same, the Kizer, but like Anwar is supposed to be just like Kizer Anwar. Bruh, not you whitewashing your own name, bro. And then and then uh, it's not Pakistan. It's just like Pakistan. Yeah, I know Pakistan is supposed to be Pakistan, but I didn't know your. You name said it the same name. way. I know. You said it the same way. I say it the right way. Dude. I'll say Pakistan. You you gotta yeah. you gotta get my you gotta get my language down like I have your language down. Like I have, no, you don't good... have my la- say my name. Bro, Andres. I can roll my R's. Okay, I can't. I physically you... am not able to. That's bro, that's a lie. No, I, I'm saying this. This is true. I've had it checked out. I've had people train me on it. It doesn't stay. It I've had it away. I've had it checked out. I've had Bro, to check out. I've talked to hella people. I've talked to hella people about it. If I talk to Spanish teachers, I talk to fucking Russian Portuguese motherfuckers. They're always like, "Why can't you do it?" And I'm like, "I'm doing no, no. things." Is it called dialect? Is that is that what the word is called for that? Because I think I have good. Uh, if I tried, I think I have good Spanish dialect. Probably. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not a linguist. Or accent, accent. I think that's what it's called. Because I think Arabic is one of the hardest languages to learn. Yeah, uh, it is as far, very, very as, difficult, bro. As far as like dialect and accent, I don't know how to explain this here. Let me see. I, like, I think the you best have to way roll I can... your R's and then you have to do certain constants. No, no, you don't have to. You, you don't have to roll your. You don't have to roll your R's, but you yeah, don't. you don't. Yeah, there's like some of the uh, some of the pronunciations. They're they're from your throat. I don't know how to explain it. Like no, that's exactly how you said. That's exactly how linguists explain it. There's uh, a whole terminology yeah. that you, they use. Like, but they like also English say is like, like it comes from your throat. Yeah, it comes from your throat. I don't know what the actual word is called. Like when you when you speak Arabic, you're supposed to like speak it from your like the you're supposed to pronunciate from your throat. And when I went first went to uh, boarding school when I was younger and I was learning how to read the Quran, I didn't have correct pronunciation. And I used to like my teacher used to get hella mad at me. We we used to have a class just for Arabic pronunciation. Damn, it's that bad, huh? Yeah, and like, there's like when you when you speak Arabic, there's like certain areas in your mouth. Uh, obviously, obviously, native Arabic speakers don't have this problem, but like, if you're learning it, like, there's like certain areas like where you gotta touch your teeth with your tongue and like the tip of your tongue, the sides of your tongue, and like certain letters are pronounced from like the middle of your throat, uh, the bottom near your chest, the top of your throat. It's it's yeah, it's difficult. It's complicated. Damn, I didn't know it had that many things with it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's crazy. Arabic isn't my first language, so I don't have like an accent when I'm speaking like English. But if you've ever spoken to someone uh, a Middle Eastern or speaks Arabic as their first language, that's why they have that uh, English accent. Well, like they have that accent when they speak English. You probably know what I'm talking about. Like if you've ever heard someone speak English, keep going, like keep they going. pronounce they pronounce the English letters the same way they would pronounce the Arabic letters. 
But I, I like the Arabic accent. I think it's very, uh, I think it's very fancy. Ooh, okay, okay. Do you think someone can learn it in less than a year and be fluent? Arabic? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No? In one year? No. I mean, it depends on... Hold up, hold up. Is that a bet? I mean... I, it... I think I could do... In one year, I could learn Arabic. But you know what? In one year, I could learn Arabic. To, like, speak or read? Speak. No, I don't think so. I think Arabic so. Arabic is hard, bro. Arabic is hard. It's not. There's nothing in the world that hard. You can't... I mean, but not under one year. I don't think you can. Under one maybe year? In, yeah, maybe in few years. No, I could do it in one year. All if, right, go for it. Next year, January 4th, 2024. January 4th, next year, I'm going to talk to you in just fucking Arabic. Bro, I, I don't speak Arabic. Well, then shit. One of us has to be fucking fluent. Don't worry about it. I mean, I understand some words because some words in Arabic are the same words, that, uh, are the same exact words in Urdu. Oh, so it's... So that's basic. That's a lot like Spanish, Portuguese, and what's the last one? French. S- sort of. I mean, I don't know what came first. I don't know if Urdu came first before Arabic or Arabic came first. I'm pretty sure Arabic came first. And then some of the words are like rooted from there. I, I think Farsi came before Arabic. All those, some of these of, words. A lot of languages. A lot of languages. But like, I know, but I'm saying like a lot of the words are related. Like from Farsi, Urdu, uh, Punjabi, Hindi, and Arabic. They're like, re- like related. Do you know if they're the same language families? I think so. Okay, then that's the exact same reason because Spanish, not Spanish, wait, yeah, Spanish, French, and Portuguese, and Italian are all in the Romance family. So if you understand a little bit of everything and you're super native in one, you can get away with reading something in Italian. And if you know Spanish, you read it and you're like, oh, this is saying exactly this. And then you'll be right. That's the same thing I do with French and Portuguese. I read it and I turn my brain onto like a Spanish setting and I'm like, okay, so this is what it's saying. And 95% of the time it makes sense and it checks out because I'm reading it in Spanish yeah. and the words are just interchangeable with an accent. And because I know French, I'm more able to just pick up what I said. I, I can't do that. Um, cause I, I know how to read Arabic. I know how to write it, but I don't understand Arabic. It's, it's super weird when I tell people that because I learned how to read the Quran and the Quran's in Arabic. And then I memorized it. But like, I don't know what it means in completeness. I'm going to beat you with that too. In two years from now. In two years from now, I'll beat you with that. With learning the whole Quran? No, no, no. In knowing what the Quran says. The whole thing? The whole thing. You can't beat me in two years. In two years? Well, yeah. I can, I can you know, beat people, you in two years. People, people dedicate like eight to ten years just to learning what the whole thing says. I'm telling them. Because they're not, like, they're takes- not built like me. I could do it in one. On average, no. The smartest people have, do- have done it in like six, five to six years. But well, they haven't takes, let me try yet. So on average, it takes uh, it takes I want to say two to four years. If you're like super sharp memory, two to four, uh, two years. Not super bright. Someone like me, on average, it took me I think three and a half years to memorize the Quran, and then after that, it takes I think uh, five to six years to learn all the stories and everything connected to the Quran, the meaning, the stories, the translation, transliteration, everything. Um, that's another five to six years. And then basically, if you want to go even a level above that, which is like, basically, you're going to be like, uh, you're, you're considered a, a Muslim, like, judge, basically. Oh, shit. Wait, so how many levels are there? It sounds like cool little video game levels. What levels do we have? So the first level is, uh, you memorize the Quran, right? And yeah. then next level, this next level is you're like a scholar, which is basically, I would say it's like a PhD. Damn. It's comparative to a PhD. And then a level above that is like you're a judge, basically. Yeah, they can, they uh, have, do they have names? Yeah. What are the names? Of each level? Yeah. 
So for the first level, you're a Hafiz. So to me, you memorize the Quran, you're called, you're called a Hafiz. And then uh, the second level is an Alim, which is what I just explained. You're, you're basically like a scholar, considered like a PhD and, you know, whatever. You learn the whole book and all the meanings and everything behind it. And then uh, the level above that, which is like the judge, is you're like a Mufti. Ooh, three levels. Nice. Yeah. Why do you have to memorize the Quran? Is there like a historical significance into memorizing it? So there's all, there's also another level above that. This level is very very like most people don't do it. You're you're basically considered Shaykh al Hadith. It's 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 much higher. You're, you you ha- you're basically like so what Hadiths are? They're like narrations from the Prophet's times. Basically, what Shaykh al Hadith is he he knows all these narrations or a majority of them like off the top of his head. Like he's he's dedicated his life to learning these narrations. Uh-huh. And the narrations, what are they? Are they more stories or what are they? So they're, they're basically stories and observations that, uh, uh, that like the people of the prophets have observed the prophets doing. Oh, so it's like oral history that they've learned and memorized, right? It's, it's all written down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's written down instead of oral. Okay. Okay. So there, there's like books on it. That's why it's like, it's like the religion is so, uh, preserved because the Quran hasn't changed, you know, over for the last 1400 years. And that's why I like the. That's why I like Islam because it doesn't change. Because what you get from it is what they said in the beginning. It doesn't change exactly. So even if a, a Quran is written or printed incorrectly, because there's so many people that have memorized it, they can they're able to catch the mistakes. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. You know, uh, you know, you want to know one of the reasons I don't get nervous anymore in like public speaking settings. Why? So when I uh, first got done uh, memorizing the Quran, I was only 14 years old. And then once you're done, you don't have to, but it's preferred or like people say you're supposed to. Basically in Ramadan, uh, we have prayers every night and every night you're supposed to basically recite a part of the Quran in prayers. Over the period of a month, you're supposed to complete the whole Quran. Um, Obviously, you're going to read parts every night, but then throughout the whole month, you're going to complete the whole Quran, right? And basically, if you're a Hafiz, meaning that you memorize the Quran, you're able to lead these prayers. And I led these prayers for, I think, four years or five years. Fuck, that's a lot of years. So, uh, but it's only in Ramadan. That so, doesn't matter. It's still yeah, four but, years. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I was doing this over the summer. And uh, it's a lot of dedication. And the reason I say why I don't get the, the butterflies, the nerves rack, you know, stacking up on me anymore is because you're basically supposed to recite this from memory in front of hundreds of people. There's some people in the crowd that know what you're reciting. And if you make a mistake, they're able to catch on to your mistake. And then what do they do if you do make a mistake? They don't care or what? I don't know. So basically, not everybody can correct you. There's only there's supposed to be one dedicated person behind you that corrects you. So if you make a mistake, the person corrects you. It's not a big deal, but like it's a good thing if you don't make mistakes. On average, you know, I made like one mistake. I would say two to three mistakes a night. That's average. That's how many mistakes people make. If you're really good, like some nights, like I would make one. But if you're like having an amazing night, you really know your stuff, you'll make zero. And then have you ever been called out? Called out by who? By, by, uh, by the judge behind you. Like, was, has he ever been like, hey, hey, you got this part wrong? While you're leading the prayers, they can't like call you out like that because obviously you're praying. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. After, after the prayers are over, you can basically sit down and, you know, go over everything. It's not that they're going to call you out because they know it's natural. Like, they know it's, like, bound to happen. Like, even uh, the person who stood behind me, he's been doing it for over, I think, 30 or 40 years. He's made mistakes even after that many years, you know. But I do remember 
I do remember this one night, my first, I think it was my first year or second year leading. The worst night I had was on part 24 of the Quran. So there's 30 parts to it. The worst night I had was on 24. I don't know what it was that night or what happened, but dude, I made so many mistakes that night, probably like over 10. It had to be. It's all about your composure too. Like, you know how with everything, uh, if you mess up once, it's about like getting back up and keep it going. If you can't do that in the same setting, then it's going to be difficult for you. So like, I don't know what happened that night, but like I kept making mistake after mistake and it just ruined my confidence. Like, even though I knew the material and everything, I made so many mistakes that night. It's not that the person was mad at me, but like, you know, they know, they understand it happens. They've probably done it too. But uh, he was just like, what happened? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, I learned. I, I read, thought I had it. I thought I had it. I fucked up. Bro. I thought I had it. And then, uh, dude, that night my dad was super mad at me. I don't know if he was like actually mad at me. Probably just like more of disappointed. And uh, I remember I came home and I just like started crying because it was because, dude, when you when you get when you so what basically when you prepare for this, you read the whole day. Because you're basically supposed to be practicing the whole day from like the time you wake up, like, you know, 10 a.m. to like 8 p.m. You, you're practicing this the whole day just so you don't make any mistakes at night. And keep this in mind, you're fasting while you're practicing. So that means no food, no water. And you're like talking a lot because you're reciting out loud, you know? So like your voice is like all messed up and everything from reciting so much and you're thirsty, your throat is dry and you're still reading all this. So, I mean, it was, it was just a tough night. And you know how people like break their fast at night when, you, when you're fasting in Ramadan? So if you're leading the prayers, you're not supposed to eat that much. It, it's tough, man. While everyone around you is like eating and everything, you, you can't eat that much because you have to lead the prayers. Oh, so while they're eating, you're leading them in prayer. No, 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 no. Like I'm saying, while, so the prayer is after at night after you break your fast. But while everyone breaks their fast, you can break your fast, but you're not supposed to eat that much because because you're leading the prayers. Because obviously what happens if you eat too much, you get sleepy and lethargic and then, you, you know, you're not as sharp with your memory and everything. Oh, OK, OK. I thought it was yeah. just because they were eating while you were doing it. OK, OK. That makes sense. No, no, no. This is coming yeah. from someone who died, who's never been in Ramadan. So I'm just like, what the fuck's going on there? Yeah, it's it's a very cool experience. I do want to get back into it. Like, it's been a while I have led the prayers because I've been so busy with, like, college. But now that I'm done, it's, like, one of my goals to start leading again. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, so, have you had any experiences like this? No, not really. I come from, like, a background where religion isn't that big in my family. And my parents, although they are religious, they practice two different religions. They believe in the same things and the ideals, but because of, like, one slight difference in their beliefs they don't they're not able to go to the same church and because of that we've never gone to a church as a family because they never believe we have i mean me and my mom and my younger brothers have but never with my father he doesn't believe like one specific part of what my mom believes in mm -hmm. but not really i've not come from like a religious background i'm more of an atheist i've been trying to bro i've been trying i've been trying my best you're more of an atheist I'm more of an atheist, but I do believe there's like a higher power or higher being. You called Andrew me Andrew Tate was atheist too. <laughs> Andrew, now you're relating me to Andrew Tate. Is it because we have the same name? He was he was at, he was an atheist as well. And then he turned Christian, and then he turned Muslim. Yeah, he's a Muslim though. He's a Muslim. Hey, they got him, bro. They got him. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about it, Kizer? I mean, I don't feel anything. People have their opinions, and 
I feel like people are too emotional and opinionated on everything. They feel like they have to have an opinion on everything. I, I just think it's whatever. Let the man be. He can, like, I don't care. Like, because the thing about Muslims is like they're so quick to judge other people, but they don't like look at themselves. And you know, I've been guilty of this in the past as well. But like with age and just maturing, like, you just like realize like the whole premise of the religion is that once you convert oh like once you convert to muslim like or once you convert to islam that like you're basically like a newborn baby and all your past sins are forgiven you're basically like given a fresh slate but then these people will still want to judge like oh he did this like uh, he drinks and all that like oh uh, so like even though even let's say even though he does sin and go out and smoke and do whatever you know party and all that um that has nothing to do with you. Like, I just think like people care too much about what other people have going on, and that's not just like I'm not just saying that like towards Muslims. I just feel like that's everybody. Like, why do we judge other people so much? This is basic, bro. I don't know why I've been feeling this way lately, but this is basically like relates to what I was saying yesterday. Like, life is too short just to be like like putting your attention towards these type of things. Like. It's just better things to worry about. I have to get something off my chest. Have you ever had an office job before? No, never ever. Okay, bro, let me tell you. I have an office job right now, and it sucks. Now, you're, you may be wondering, why does it suck? Like, oh, it sounds so fun and easy. The, part, the thing is, it's super easy. And uh, I feel like everyone there is just wasting time. Because yeah. they do not need to be working eight hours. They talk too much. I hope none of my coworkers... People who work with me in the office listen to this. But I'm just saying, I've been getting my work done and I just be sitting there. I'm just like, okay, there's nothing else for me to do. Why am I still here? I want to go home. Then I just end up leaving. Like, I do all my work super fast. Like, and that's that's with me going on my phone, you know, checking the start, uh, checking the stocks. Like, I'll check a few charts here and there before 1 p.m. And then uh, I'll check Twitter and stuff like that. And I still get my work done super early. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't not want to be here for eight hours. Because if I if it only takes me four hours to get my work done or five hours, I'm leaving after that. Like, I am not staying here the whole eight hours. That's just wasting time. Anytime I feel like I'm wasting time, in the, in the back of my head, I'll just feel super guilty. I'm like, I could be doing something else right now. See, that's why people love office jobs, though, because they have to put in minimal work, minimal effort. And if they do minimal work, minimal effort, they'll get paid for those eight hours just to chill. Yeah, like, I don't know how people do it. Like, it's just crazy. Um, another part that I think that maybe helps is, I don't know if I told you, but everyone that works in the office with me, uh, literally, they all speak Russian. I'm the only one that doesn't speak Russian. Hey, bro, you know what? I feel if I can learn Arabic in one year, you can learn Russian in a few weeks. I'm not going to learn Russian just, just for that. Why not? You know, getting on the tea, getting on the gossip, getting what, what's going on. Maybe they're talking about nah. some, some important stuff you want to get on. on. I'm pretty sure they're not talking about important stuff. Probably not. But you never know. Yeah, That's I, why you pick up Russian. Nah, I'd be chilling. i just be getting my work done. And then sometimes, like, I'd be, like, searching up, uh, like, I'll be, like, uh, going to business broker sites, checking, like, businesses are sale, how much they're going for, and, like, technically, if you bought it, how much time would you uh, would it take for you to break even and stuff like that. All the nerdy business, stuff, basically. Wait, a business broker site? What's that? So it's what you just described where you can buy a business? Yeah, it's basically just a site where you can buy businesses. What the hell? I never heard of that. All right, just type in businesses for sale in Google. Yeah, but then I always, I always find Craigslist and Facebook ads for like a little restaurant. Uh, you're tripping. There's like, uh, I think it's called Biz Buy Sell, LoopNet, I think BizQuest or something like that. There's a bunch of different websites.
Yes, if you're in the if you're in the business, you know how to find it, and you know the the, the sites and shit. But if you're like me, an outsider, you're like, what the hell is all this? I mean, a bunch of businesses on there are basically like old school people just retiring and selling their businesses. That's oh, why I said. Yeah. That's why I told you. That's why I told you I want to buy a boring business. Do it. Buy a boring business. Let's see where we where you get. I'll see if something comes up. You never know. I might have to swipe my card. It feels. Did I tell you? Uh, the the guy I work for, one of his clients. Did I tell you this story? No. So one of his clients ha- has a business that does $2 million in profit every year. Goddamn. And, and uh, he's like in his 80s. And basically, uh, he wants to sell the business be- because he has two kids, uh, two sons. One of them is a doctor, and the other one is a, a professor at Harvard. And, uh, Goddamn. And basically, none of his kids want to take over the business for free. For free. So basically, you're getting a cash-flowing business for free that makes $2 million a year, okay? That's really good. That's really good. So none of his kids want to take over that business. So he was trying to... So he told the CPA at my office, the one who owns the firm, he told him, hey, can you, like, sell the business for me, right? Because, you know, these type of things come to the accounting office all the time. And then uh, we saw... He tried selling the business, and the highest offer he got was $6 million. And the guy was like, oh, you know, basically, he doesn't want to sell it for $6 million. I don't know why. I would have probably took that. He's in his 80s. He's going to die anytime. So uh, that sounds kind of messed up. But anyways, uh, so what the CPA did was he was like, uh, you know what? Since you don't want to sell it and no one you know, is going to give you $10 million for it, let's do this. How about we turn your business into a franchise model only with one location? And uh, you train me, and I'll run it for you. And I'll basically give you 20% of uh, the revenue or whatever. And, uh, you know, you just train me. And uh, whenever I need some assistant, you can help me out. He said he said something like about, let's make it like a five-year agreement or something. And then he says, like, if, if, you, if you die or something like that, you, you can leave it to your kids. Like, your kids will own it or something. But I, don't, I didn't really understand what he was trying to say because he went on a different rant or whatever. But basically, what I'm trying to say is he got this business that's making $2 million a year for free. Can you believe that? I can believe that. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Your cool connections, your cool network. It was, it was, it was just crazy to me. So I was like, damn, that's crazy. I was like, that's a good deal, bro. So I'm, I'm going to use that tactic next time I make a deal with someone. You know what, man? You're retiring. You're probably gonna die anytime. How about how about you just let me run it for you? Let me I'll run just it give you for you. Uh, let me just run it for you. I'll give you twenty percent of the, of the money. You know, if you die, you can leave the business to your kids. You know, that's smart. Yeah, he's good at marketing, bro. That's a good market tactic. I'd be using that. We'll give it to your kids, and then he yeah, we'll give it to the kids. And then when the guy no, dies, he's like, "Hey, kids, do you still want this? No, cool. I'll take it." You can't do that. That's crazy, though. It was just something. So he's the guy's been in business for like over thirty years, and since I think since the eighties, probably. What he does is he sells like medical electronics to hospitals. That's a really good. That's a really good business model. Hospital is always going to be wanting some of that stuff. It's just very. It's just a very small niche, but yeah, it just goes to show you that you can be successful at any niche if you have a good product. You just need to find your niche, dude. Yeah, I do have a niche. It's gonna be cereal bowls. Cere- uh, I'm gonna compete with cerealism. That's such an ugly name, by the cereal, way. Are you gonna make cereal bowls or what? M- make cereal bowls. Kind of a boring business model, but okay. Boring businesses are the new wave, bro. 
it's not really a boring business if you think about it. If it's to sell cereal bowls, you have to be like, you have to be stupid with your money to go buy cereal from like a fucking, you have to be stupid to buy a $10 bowl of cereal just for the vibes. Okay, people are stupid to buy a $10 coffee. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. That it's, all, like a, it's, it's all about how you market it. Yeah, it's marketing, but it's also like, how good is everyone doing with their money right now? Is everyone enjoying surplus? Don't you remember? Gonna start don't struggling? you remember? Don't you remember Pet Rocks? Pet Rocks, yeah. People paid for rocks. Bro. People, kids played kids. They marketed towards kids, bro. Yeah, it's the best type of marketing you can do because what do kids do? Complain and cry. And what does that lead to? The parents ending up buying some stuff, anyways. Kids don't got money, but the parents do. Especially right now, too, if you just market to the kids and make the kids want it, the parents, they normally just listen to the kids anyway. They're like, oh, just shut up. You're fine. We'll do it. They're not really good with their kids nowadays, bro. Are you better? What do you mean? I don't have a kid. Are you better Are you better with your kids? The what kids? How, I have no kids. How, how would you raise kids better compared to, you know, what you're I'll seeing? I'll get there when I get there. You know, right now I can't tell oh, the stage, but I tell you, once I get to that stage, I'll know what to do. And if I don't know what to do, I'll figure it out. I, I want an example. With an example of what a kid I don't have, I'll tell my kids like, "Hey, don't." Okay, Hi hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, let's say your kid is six year old and they want an iPad. What are you gonna tell them? What do you need an iPad? But you here, you dad, the kid, and I'll tell you what the fuck. I'll tell you what I'll tell you. But dad, everybody has school has one, and I want one too. Why are they bringing their iPad to school? No, they're not bringing their iPads to the school. They just all have one and they play games on it at home. They all play games together and I'm just not like, I, I'm not able to play with them. Why do you feel like you need to fit in? Because I want to play games with them. You're going to play games with them, but we have a whole game system that you can play on. But they don't use that. They play on iPad because it's easier to talk and play at the same time. And then you can do other activities on it as well. Well, they broke if they're using an iPad. You want to be like those little broke kids? We got Yes, money. I just want to... I just want to have fun with them. Well, to be serious, I wouldn't be having this kid conversation with my kid. I would, <laughs> never, I would never give him an iPad. I wouldn't even like, I would laugh. I told you, bro. <laughs> I would laugh. Role playing a kid is so easy because all you do is keep saying the same point over and over again. You just complain and cry. Okay, cool. I'm not I, getting you an iPad. I would beat you in a, in a, as a kid conversation. You know, I would beat you. I'm not getting you an iPad. I want an iPad. That's crazy. I want one too. Let's go ask mom. Fine, I'm just gonna go cry to mom about it. Shit, she she not gonna get you an iPad, man. Nah, she will. That's someone else's problem now. But I would never get my kid an iPad, bro. Why not? Because why would I let them go on the internet at such an early age? Six is way too young. Okay, what's what's the minimum age? Minimum age? I think there's no right or wrong answer. I just want to know. For me personally, if they're gonna get the internet when I got the internet, and I got the internet when I was in fifth grade but it was like a when did you like fifth grade and that was when, when did you uh, get your first first phone my first phone uh-huh when i was in sixth grade sixth grade and it wasn't even like an iphone it wasn't anything fancy it was like it was one of those like old man phones it had like a whole keyboard on it yeah it, was, it wasn't gonna cool. be an iphone back then i mean you can do anything cool on it you can really do anything except literally search google and that's it and because of that yeah. all i did was like search up cool like little books and read so if they are going to get anything from then they're gonna get they're gonna get a anything. kindle they're gonna and get a yes, kindle yes that's what they're called oh my god i was trying to think of them they're gonna get a kindle they're gonna get something to read something to learn but probably not as fancy 
I don't even have. Never yeah. had a Kindle. Who the hell? Yeah. Why would you have? I, I only see like old ladies, old white ladies with the Kindle. Hey, that's the target demographic, bro. On the at the airport, on the airplane, on their Kindles. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Isn't Kindle like? Isn't Kindle like a whole ass tablet too now? Like, I think they have apps and everything. I think they do. I don't know. Yeah. I've never had one. I'm not, I'm not in the Kindle space, bro. But yeah, if my kid are, is going to get any technology, it's going to be when they're in fifth grade and it's going to be something just where they can learn stuff. It's not going to be something for like, oh, I can go on TikTok. Oh, I can go on Instagram. No, you're not doing all that. You're not going to be are you, uh, reading all that stuff. What books are you currently reading right now, if any, or your recent most favorite book that you read? Uh, I'm still reading the Quran, but I lost really? it. Late, so I can't really tell you what I last read because I've lost it for a while now. It was really interesting when I had it. Like, I had misplaced my Quran. I moved, like, my entire room and everything around, and I misplaced it a while ago. Oh, shit. Okay. But I'll get you another copy. Just... I have so many copies at my house. Give me a copy. Anyways, right, I I've also been reading lots of uh, studies from uh, PhD candidates uh, and other people with PhDs. The most recent one I've read was about the video game and exercise that I've told you. And then I also read another one that explained the differences and similarities between western german autonomen which are another which is sort of related to communism and right-wing politics and socialists and they have so much in common it's crazy they all have distrust dissent for the government and they all believe the same things but they just go about it in two different ways one is more the right wing is more like towards playing the game and being everyone at the game and becoming one of the people who control the game while the more left-leaning and communist side of it is like we're not even going to play the game we're going to leave the game and make little communities and be all together but they still have the same arguments against governments and systems and capitalism and i found that really interesting but it's so much that i've been reading i've also found out that one of the early the early alchemists in egypt he was a little bit of a weirdo I don't remember the exact details, so I can't tell you about that, but that's all about the things I can remember because I've yeah, been reading that help. so many studies. Well, hey, just know the was person it? who first invented alchemy, alchemy in Egypt was a fucking weirdo. That's all I picked up from it. But yeah, right. besides that, marketing, bro, marketing. This week on marketing, you will not believe how hard it is to get an audience on Tinder, uh, not Tinder, Twitter. Twitter? Dude, I've, Twitter been, yeah. I've been off Twitter. I, I, I have like, I've, I use Twitter, but like, I don't post anything because... I feel like, like to grow on Twitter, you, you, like you have to be insane. You have to be posting every single fucking hour, dude. Yeah, and some of those people are cringy, and I don't want to come off as cringy. It doesn't matter if you have an audience and they think you're cool. You're cool. If they think you're cringy, they don't think you're cringy because then that means they have to admit that they're cringy too, and they won't do that. They'll just keep following yeah. you, keep posting your stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll hop back on, but I don't know. I uh, I forgot to bring this up yesterday, but. If you want like uh, overall business marketing, you should search up Alex Hermosi on YouTube. Hermosi? Alex Hermosi. Ooh, okay. But I feel like this uh, podcasting is a little bit different, though. I don't know how so how different it is, but I feel like it's a lot more different than just the regular social media following. No, I I know. I'm just saying like overall like marketing idea. He he goes very into detail about everything and the way he does things. It it just makes so much sense, and it's very like eye opening. I've been following a lot of his stuff. Like I've been like binge watching a lot of his YouTube videos. Like every time I'm taking a shit, that's like, that's what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, we're improving. Before it used to be TikTok. Now it's marketing videos. Nice, that's true. Well, maybe one day you'll delete TikTok. I I actually deleted TikTok. I just logged in, bro. 
I just logged in, I think, two or three days ago, and I had so many unread messages. Literally, like, 100 plus. It, so it gives you that 99 plus little notification from everyone, like, you know, that messages you. And the top people that I used to message or send TikToks to, literally 99 plus, all of them. And, uh, right, so I just thought people would, like, realize, oh, he's not viewing any of my messages or replying, so, you know, he's not on here. But no, people kept sending me everything, so, yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people who are on TikTok and that, they don't leave they just end up still doing the same habits like oh funny i'll send to you okay funny i'll send to you and then before they know it it could be like three days worth of just uh tiktoks they sent you but yeah if you're on tiktok Mm. dude get off get off it's bad for you no i uh, i logged in but i haven't used it like deadass i have not opened it or used it i don't know why but like that's good you know now you now you've grown now you know it's bad for you now you can delete it a lot more easily i'll tell you where you shouldn't go don't go on youtube shorts right now I've been seeing a lot of Andrew Tate, and I had an algorithm for myself, but now it's all Andrew Tate. There's not a problem with that, but I miss my mix of like regular, regularly scheduled Instagram and YouTube shorts. But it's okay, because I know give it a week and it's going to be back to normal. Andrew Tate is literally everywhere, bro. You can't dodge him. Yeah, but it's okay. Sometimes he has those nice little nuggets of gold. But uh, I feel like that's a good spot to leave it off for today, guys. So that was the pod for today, guys. See y'all next time.